But as soon as the candy is outside the wrapper, nobody really cares about the wrapper anymore. The wrapper, aka mom, gets cast aside and everyone only cares about the candy because the candy is the good part. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am doing an episode all about postpartum prep. Preparing for postpartum is a monumental task, but one that often gets overlooked. As a labor and delivery nurse, I am all about getting you prepared for birth, but in my opinion, preparing for birth also means preparing for postpartum. Because when it's all said and done, you're going to have a newborn to take care of, and you are also going to be an entirely new person as well. Inside of today's episode, we're going to unpack what you can do during pregnancy to prepare for postpartum, including education, supplies, mindset tips, and more. Getting educated for birth is so, so important, but truly, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't make sure you were ready for postpartum too. For more postpartum content, check out episode 48, where I detail my postpartum experience after baby number two, Rai Rai, and episode 74, where Carrie Locker joined me to talk about why postpartum is so hard. But now let's dive into this week's episode. Let's get right into it, guys. So to kind of set the stage for the information in this podcast, I want to talk about why there are so few resources out there for postpartum and recovery. Because when you're pregnant, we all know this, if you're pregnant right now, you are getting tons of ads and info about pregnancy, birth, and baby products on the internet. But have you noticed there is really a lack of resources and info related to postpartum out there? There are some, we're starting to do better for sure, but it's definitely something that I've noticed. And while there are really excellent resources out there, I find that these resources are accessed by the mom who is already struggling in the throes of postpartum life, as opposed to the pregnant mom, you guys, who could equip herself with that information like prior to postpartum. We need to just talk about it more before you're actually in it. Does that make sense? So I like this analogy, and this is definitely not an original, a Liesl original, but this is one of the best analogies that I've heard about postpartum, the candy wrapper and the baby, the candy wrapper, basically analogy for pregnancy and birth. So basically during pregnancy, mom It's like a little wrapper around a piece of candy. So during that time, everybody's taking care of her, educating her, making sure the candy inside gets out of the wrapper without issues. And then birth, bam, is kind of this big culminating moment that gets all the attention. But as soon as the candy is outside the wrapper, nobody really cares about the wrapper anymore. The wrapper, aka mom, gets cast aside and everyone only cares about the candy because the candy is the good part. 
Think about it. Once you give birth, there are a lot of check-ins and appointments for baby, but only one appointment, at least here in the U.S., for moms at six weeks postpartum. And unless she seeks out support, moms here in the U.S. are essentially left to kind of just fend for themselves. And if you've had a baby already, you're probably shaking your head like, mm-hmm, yeah, I get it. That whole saying, like, it takes a village, you know, like, where is that village, right? How did we even let this happen, you guys? I don't think anyone really knows for sure, but I can't help but take a look back at history. Because when you think about it, historically, women after they had babies, were not managing postpartum and newborn life alone. They literally lived in a village and you were surrounded by other women who had babies, who took care of each other during that postpartum time. And even in other countries nowadays, this still happens, but somewhere along the line, it kind of just got lost in the United States. And there is definitely a giant gap in care. Our Western approach to prenatal care and birth really does not do a lot for postpartum moms. Okay, so let's talk about why preparing for postpartum specifically and the potential realities that come along with postpartum important. So postpartum recovery is part of the whole birth process. I said it in the introduction in this episode, and I'll say it again. I believe I haven't done my job in educating you guys about your births if I haven't educated you for postpartum. To leave women to navigate that alone after a three-day hospital stay and just to check in at six weeks is kind of insane if you think about it. Giving birth is a huge event, And why are we not supporting these moms like crazy? But you don't know what you don't know. So learning about postpartum ahead of time and having a resource and a support system to turn to while you're in it will help you spot red flags and get the care that you need. Be it your mental health, your pelvic floor, your core, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, bleeding, you name it. There's really just so much. And that makes me sad. All while you are meeting this brand new, amazing version of yourself. Are you in search of the perfect pump for your breastfeeding days? Proven to provide more milk in less time, the Motif Luna is a powerful breast pump that's built for modern motherhood and covered by insurance. With a battery-powered or non-battery version, the Luna is perfect for today's busy mom. The Motif Luna Breast Pump is lightweight and sleek, quiet and customizable so you can quickly find what works best for you and your baby. The Luna also features a backlit LCD screen, built-in nightlight, closed system, quiet motor and auto shutoff. And the battery-powered model gives you even more freedom and flexibility with a rechargeable battery that lasts over two hours. But beyond the features and ease of use, the Luna works. In a third-party study, five out of six moms reported more milk in less time than the leading pump brands. As a pumping mama, I personally used and loved my Luna pump. The expression mode works to express milk as efficiently as possible, while the massage mode would stimulate my letdown by mimicking my baby's natural nursing pattern. Sophisticated, strong, and soothing, covered by insurance, get ready to make your pumping days easier with the Motif Luna. To learn more about the Luna and order one for your breastfeeding and pumping journey, head on over to MotifMedical.com. 
And as a special offer for all MLN podcast listeners, you can get 15% off site-wide, including the Luna plus all supplies and accessories with the code MLN23. Some exclusions may apply. That's code MLN23 for 15% off site-wide at motifmedical.com. So let's talk a little bit now about what's normal and what's not normal during your postpartum recovery. So this is kind of a high level overview of some things, but first let's talk about vaginal bleeding. Some of you guys know this, a lot of you guys know this, but it's always a good reminder of kind of what the norm is. So postpartum vaginal bleeding is expected, but it should taper off in several days to weeks following your birth. Regardless, if you have a vaginal delivery or if you have a C-section, you will still have vaginal bleeding. And if you don't notice your bleeding progressively getting lighter in color and slowing in amount, this warrants a call to your provider. You might pass a few small clots kind of in the beginning and in the hospital, but continuing to pass clots past those first two weeks or passing blood clots that are large in size is a cause for concern and needs to be brought up. Vaginal tears are something that happen, right? So look at your incision site frequently after you get home and be aware of kind of what normal and abnormal looks like for you. If you notice significant redness, swelling, or you're really, really tender at your site, you should notify your provider. When in doubt, give them a call. You shouldn't have drainage coming from your incisions, yellow, anything yellow, green, brown drainage. No, especially if it's accompanied by a foul odor. That's definitely a reason to call your provider. And we're talking about vaginal tears, but this is the same advice if you have a C-section. If you notice lots of redness, lots of swelling, it's really, really tender and it's not getting better. The tenderness is getting worse. You're having any drainage. It smells bad. Or with C-sections, if you ever feel like that incision is starting to open back up, definitely call your provider about that because that is not something that we want to deal with. And then other signs of infection. Anything that gets stitched up can get infected, of course. So if you get a temp greater than 100.4, if you have pain with urination, a foul-smelling vaginal discharge, which we talked about, or if you have severe abdominal pain, definitely let your provider know about those things. Baby blues. So this is something that is normal, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but again, always a good reminder. So usually you don't need to notify your provider if you're starting to have some baby blues, but if you have any concern, of course, that your baby blues might be transitioning into postpartum depression, that is when we need to give them a call. Temporary moodiness, sadness, I like to compare it to kind of how a lot of people feel when they're like about to get their period or when they're on your period. You're just a little bit more emotional, weepy. You're going to be like that usually anyway, not just because of hormones, but a lack of sleep does that to you. So that is where the norm is. But if these feelings this weepiness or moodiness is lasting longer than two weeks, or if you ever have thoughts of harming yourself or your baby, definitely seek help. 
the time length there that I talked about is kind of a hard and fast rule. So if you are feeling like I'm having these feelings, but I'm like six weeks postpartum, that is an indication to give your provider a call. But that's not to say that if you feel like it's been within two weeks since you've had a baby and you are feeling severely down, you are really, really hopeless. You can't get out of bed. You're awfully, awfully sad. You're super, super anxious. If you just don't feel like yourself, give your provider a call. Next thing I want to talk to you guys about is signs of preeclampsia. So usually postpartum preeclampsia occurs within the first 48 hours following delivery, but it actually can develop as late as six weeks after birth. And it usually happens with moms who have had preeclampsia during their pregnancy, but it definitely can strike anybody. So if you notice changes in your vision, blurriness, light sensitivity, severe headache, and a headache that can't relieve with Tylenol, if you have right upper-sided abdominal pain, decreased urination, or rapid weight gain, call your provider immediately. Of course, some swelling is normal after delivery, but if you notice swelling, in addition to any of those things that I just mentioned, definitely give your provider a call. And then finally, I think this one gets like overlooked a lot. I don't see a lot of people talking about this. We do a fair job of talking about postpartum depression and what your pleading is going to look like and tearing, but signs of a blood clot. We need to educate moms about this. So women who have recently given birth are at an increased risk for blood clots. I don't want to scare you half to death, right? But I just want to tell you so you know. Deep vein thrombosis is a condition in which blood clots form in the deep veins of your body. And this most often happens in your legs, but it can occur in your arms as well. So basically what happens is your leg starts to get really, really painful or it's really, really tender and you start to get really swollen in one leg. It gets really warm. Your skin might even be discolored. And if you are noticing that that is happening, that is an emergency. We need to tell somebody about that immediately because that can turn into something called a pulmonary embolism. And that occurs when an existing blood clot breaks free and it travels through the heart to block the arteries of the lungs. So you get really short of breath, you have really sudden chest pain or difficulty breathing, painful breathing, you're coughing up blood. We don't want to deal with that. So if you got some weird pain in your leg, call your provider, okay? All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, hi, Liesl and team. I wanted to thank you all for your content and course. I took your natural course to prep for my VBAC. I ended up getting induced and then did opt for an epidural. It really is hard to know what is going to be like in the moment. I can get behind that. I understand. Even though I didn't go natural the whole time, the course was really helpful and I felt prepared for all the decisions I had to make. At the end, I got my V back. Yay! Still seems surreal and I owe part of that success to you all. Thank you so much. Oh, that is so sweet. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. Okay, moving on. 
I want to put some things on your radar that will help you feel better during the postpartum period. So let's talk about some trad and true tips for your physical postpartum recovery. Knowing these tips ahead of time will allow you to stock up on those personal care items, you know, that I'll talk about that will support you during this time. So listen up. Number one, numbing spray, tux pads, and a peri bottle, your new BFF. If you have experienced a vaginal tear, this little combination should be in your bathroom at all times, right next to your toilet. Every time you use the bathroom in the first few weeks, make sure you use that peri bottle and squirt as you're peeing at the same time. This really helps to decrease stinging and it just kind of helps to dilute the urine. And then once you get done peeing, pat dry. Just use toilet paper, roll it up, pat dry. Don't wipe, you know, no need to wipe. And then take that little numbing spray and spray it all up in there. Stick a tux pad on your bottom and change your pad. You're good. Number two tip, sits baths. Yes, sits baths are life. Do you know what a sits bath is? I hope you do. If you don't, I'm about to tell you. It's basically a way to cleanse and only heal your lady parts, okay? And it feels amazing. If you are in need of a sits bath, it's like (laughs) life-giving. A popular and easy way to perform a sits bath is you can just go on Amazon and just purchase like a little cover that sits on the top of your toilet. But if you don't want to do that, you can just kind of fill your tub up with a little bit of water, like a few inches of water at the bottom and just kind of squat, you know, sit in the water. Just fill that little basin up with warm water if it is the one that you put on top of your toilet and you can even add like a little drop of your favorite essential oils. Some people put Epsom salts in there as well. And obviously make sure you ask your provider before doing sits baths, but most providers are completely fine with them and encourage their use. All right. So number three tip is take your stool softeners and drink lots of warm water. So regardless of if you've had a C-section or a vaginal delivery, that first postpartum poop is not going to be fun. Birth is a major stressful event to your body and it can often slow down your bowels. And especially if you have a C-section and you're taking pain medications after your C-section, that can slow your bowels even more. So make sure you're on top of those stool softeners. Being constipated for days and days and days after you have a baby is pretty terrible. And I mentioned warm water, drinking lots of warm water for those first few weeks makes a huge difference in moving your bowel. So as well, if you can't tolerate warm water, I know some people, you know, got to have your ice water, then that's fine. But warm water, genuinely, it kind of helps to speed up your bowels a little bit quicker. All right. Number four tip. A postpartum compression garment can be really helpful. So the main purpose of a postpartum compression garment is to support and align your abdomen until your abdominal organs and your muscles can kind of do their normal jobs again. Many women think that they're just purely for weight loss, like you just put on this garment and it's to get your waist smaller, but they actually play much more into healing than most people realize. These wraps may also help reduce pain and increases your mobility more quickly. It can really stabilize your pelvic floor and it can even help heal diastasis recti. 
And just a quick reminder, if you don't know what that is, it's where the walls of your abdomen kind of separate a little bit. And some degree of diastasis is normal after you have a baby. But if you have a severe diastasis, definitely wearing a postpartum compression garment after you have a baby is going to be your best friend. And if you've had a C-section, wearing a compression garment can also take the pressure off of your incision while it heals. And finally, the number five tip is take time for yourself. I know that is easier said than done, but make sure you are taking a few minutes a day just to focus on you. Having a baby is a huge change to your routine. It's very, very easy to lose yourself in the process, whether it's reading, you're meditating, taking a walk outside and going to Target, exercising, anything, make sure you carve out a little time for you each day. Some days it might only be five extra minutes and that's okay. I mean, ideally it needs to be a little bit longer than that, but sometimes it's only going to be five minutes. Your mental health is just as important to consider as you transition into this new role. All right, moving on. So let's talk about preparing your relationship for postpartum. One thing I want to talk about explicitly is the recommendation to prepare your relationship if you are in one for a new baby. This is actually a video lesson that I talk about in all of my online birth classes because it is just so important. So number one, anticipate the realities. Yes, parenthood brings joy, of course, but also anticipate the changes that you will have as a couple, as a family, and as an individual. Discuss this with your partner before your baby arrives. It's also important to anticipate the stressors and brainstorm. So think about kind of your normal routine. Is there something that already harbors a lot of stress in your relationship? Is there anything that you can think of that you can do a better job to prepare for this? Because anything that feels a little bit now might feel a whole lot harder after you have a baby. Also think about your role. So who does what? Who is better at doing one task versus another? Do we need to change anything once baby arrives? Who's better at cooking? Who prefers cooking? Who's better at, I don't know, any other household task? But it is important to think about your each individual roles. Not sure what you need to care for yourself down there after birth. I've been there. <laughs> Not stocking up on postpartum essentials before I gave birth to my first was one of my biggest mistakes. I don't know what I was thinking, guys. <laughs> but now as a two-time mama, I know a thing or two about postpartum recovery and exactly what you need to make it through this stage as comfortably as possible. For a completely free checklist of what you need to stock up on for those early postpartum days, just head over to mommylabornurse.com slash postpartum checklist. That's mommylabornurse.com slash postpartum checklist, all one word, to grab the PDF for free today. And then the last tip about relationships is think about childcare. I know this is something that when you're pregnant, some people aren't even really thinking about this yet, but start to think about what that's going to look like. What do you feel comfortable with? And keep in mind too, that things might change. Your feelings might change after baby is here and that is okay too. 
So while support and resources for the postpartum days aren't provided in your standard care, I want you to know that there are a lot of things out there for you. By getting educated about caring for your newborn and common obstacles you may face before you give birth, your transition into motherhood will definitely be smoother. Yay, we want that. Furthermore, getting educated about birth will actually help you in the postpartum days as well. Birth education is associated with a more positive birth experience, less birth trauma, and even lowers your risk of PPD and PPA. Here are some very specific great areas to get educated in breastfeeding. Yes, breastfeeding your baby if that is your plan. Breastfeeding is one of those things that we want to encourage as much education as possible before you're in the throes of it. Because I so often see that's when moms go looking for resources is when they're already crazy stressed out. So the more education you can do on the front end, the better. Also, a good thing to get educated on is sleep. Newborn sleep. If you don't know anything about newborn sleep, it's not anything like adult sleep, of course. And just getting that foundation for understanding how your baby sleeps, their wake windows, what a sleepy newborn looks like when they're trying to tell you when they're tired. Those are all really, really good things to educate yourself. And then finally, taking care of your newborn is something definitely to get educated in. If you're a first time parent, you know, first time mom, it can be overwhelming if you don't know how to clip your baby's nails, what kind of diapers to use, how to swaddle your baby, how to give your baby a bath. It's definitely good to do some foundational learning about that kind of stuff. And just a reminder, my birth classes do include two and a half hours of newborn care education too. And we actually have shots of babies in there. It's not just me talking about this stuff. Moving on to your support system and how to set it up. We talked about that village earlier, and we know that your village might not just come knocking at your door, but with some digging and intention, you yourself can set up your own support system. Get on Google, find out about new mother support groups in your area, lactation support groups, baby and me events. There is a lot if you start searching. And an advantage now is there's a lot online, a lot, a lot of support groups for new moms. You can just access right from your house. I also do recommend preparing your home to streamline things and make them as easy as possible. So some ways to do this specifically are stocking your freezer, either by cooking, you know, or having people cook for you and bringing stuff over to stock in your freezer, or just stocking up on frozen foods, stocking up on postpartum essentials to care for yourself. Some of those things that we talked about earlier, like tux pads and numbing spray, general pads. Another good one is setting up a meal train to support you during those first few weeks. I often find that feeding yourself, cooking, that is one of the things that most people need the most support in. So if you're resonating with that, stock that freezer, get people to cook for you. If someone asks you what you need, you know, your go-to is give me some food. And then lastly, you might consider connecting with a therapist now if you don't already see someone and think about scheduling some extra check-ins after birth. Nothing wrong with that. 
All right. So to wrap up some final words of advice for you as you're preparing for your postpartum, I want you to really have some realistic expectations about this time and also know that it doesn't last forever. Know that you may feel a huge change in your identity as a parent and you may not welcome this change as easily as you thought you would. And that is okay. Be aware that you may not feel as comfortable as you thought you would. And please know that if you experience this, it is okay. And it is really, really normal. You may also struggle with finding how to balance everything, new roles, the lack of sleep, increase in stress, emotions of unmet expectations of parenthood. The reality of becoming a parent can be a huge disappointment too if you were picturing one thing and you got another. And remember to be easy on yourself. This is a learning experience. At the end of the day, you are doing your absolute best. And finally, give yourself a lot of grace and celebrate your wins. Give yourself a pat on the back for the amazing things that you did do that day. I think a big thing that a lot of moms, almost every mom struggles with is feeling like they're alone in this time frame. And just know that if that's you or if that's about to be you and you remember listening to this podcast that you're definitely not alone. Postpartum can be rough and really at the end of the day, we are all in this together. If you've had a baby, you know what postpartum's like. All right, that is it for this episode, all about preparing for postpartum. Next week, I am doing an Ask Me Anything episode, and I'm actually going to hear some of your voices. Oh, get ready. I'm excited (laughs) about putting that episode out because I've never put an episode like that out on the podcast. So be sure to stay tuned to next week's episode. I will see you guys next week already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.